Well, hello, good morning. It is the Gardening Show. Pori, good morning to you. How are you this morning? A very good morning to you, Viv. Very good morning to our listeners. And what a beautiful morning we have for gardening yeah. this morning. Interesting enough, next week we're into uh, back to the rain, back to milder temperatures. We? So we're going to see significant growth, I think, next week, Viv, because the temperatures are going to warm up. It has, The growth has been quite slow in the last 10 days, 14 days. So, And the other interesting thing people will notice in their own garden is that many of the garden plants, many of the evergreen shrubs, particularly hedging plants, I see it on Leylandii, I see it in lots of evergreen shrubs like Hebes and Pittosporum, they're all showing the, I suppose, the, the damage of winter and this winter has been quite windy, the storms have been quite severe on plants and generally the burning of plants, the scorching of plants tends to show up several weeks after the initial damage has occurred. So if you're going out to your garden uh, today in particular, and you're tidying it up, you will notice that quite a lot of plants are under a bit of stress. So we're seeing a lot of browning on plants in particular. It's not disease related, it's not pest related, it's not even frost related. It's related to the wind that we had right through the winter period, particularly on evergreen plants, so Escalonia. And if your garden is anyway open to the westerly winds or the southerly winds, you will definitely see damage. Now, my advice really is, is just to trim that back, just tidy up the plants in general, cut off any brown damaged wood or leaves and give them a good feed. And the feeding of all plants should commence this week because if you get the feed on today, it's going to get washed in tomorrow in the next couple of days and then the growth is going to start. So it's important to feed all garden shrubs. So tree shrubs, hedging plants, if you've got some shrubs in the garden that are looking a little bit anemic and a bit worse for wear as many plants are after this winter, then my advice is to get on a good tree and shrub fertiliser, something like the Osmo Pro 6. Applied now, it's a granulated fertiliser. You simply put a handful around the base of the plant, the rain will wash it in, even the heavy dew at night time will wash it in. And as we get growth next week, that fertiliser is available to the plants. You generally repeat the fertiliser about four to six weeks later. So again, around the first week of May or mid-May would be an ideal time to give the plants a reapplication of fertiliser. So fertiliser in plants is important as they're actively growing, which is at this time of year. There's no point feeding them in the middle of the summer when the growth has stopped. Same applies to roses. So roses, are again, people that have pruned the roses, if you haven't pruned your roses, get out and prune them this weekend. But you will see some new growth, particularly on roses that were pruned through the winter or early spring. Again, this is the time to start feeding roses. Hydrangeas need feeding at the moment. So general garden plants, my advice is to give them a good feed. Lawns in particular, it's a good day to get the lawns trimmed, but give them a feed as well. There are, Lots of lawns are showing quite a bit of yellowing. I fed my own lawn yesterday, gave, gave it a mow fertilised it afterwards with a lawn fertiliser. That will green it without forcing growth. And if you still have moss in your lawn, get the zero, zero out today because today will be an ideal day for the application of zero. So really use the good weather of today to do those type of jobs, the pruning back of plants, the feeding of plants, trimming the lawn, getting down the zero treatment, feeding your lawn as well. If you do need to do reseed any areas, again, the weather temperatures will be perfect for the germination of grass over the next week or 10 days. So my advice is to get that on as well. I mentioned a tip and it went down very well with our listeners uh, about fertiliser. So if you are buying fertiliser in your local garden centre, make sure you buy a 10 kg or bigger because it's got a zero vat rate. So on fertiliser bags under 10 kgs, you incorporate 23% vat. Anything over a 10 kg bag, you're going to reuse it anyway. So get yourself a big bag of fertiliser. If you're, if you're feeding your roses, get a, a 10 kg or larger bag and you've got a zero vat rate on that. So the pruning back of evergreens, the feeding of them as well. 
And just with regard to the burnt leaves or whatever, yeah. just literally just pluck them. Well, just trim them. Just give them a light trimming back. Look, you don't have to remove any, any, every brown yeah, leaf. Okay. But the, the, the act of, of trimming, it's like trimming hair. It stimulates new growth. So when we trim plants, when you trim a shrub or a tree, you're, you signal the plant to come into growth. So it's kind of telling the plant to wake up and to come back into growth. So a light trimming back always stimulates new growth and you get multi-branching. So using a hedge trimmers, using a secateurs or whatever to, to, to get that going. But the feeding is really the critical thing because the temperatures are rising, the growth is going to start and the moisture is there to carry the fertiliser in. So be it your lawn, your roses, your fruit trees, give them a feed this weekend if you can. Colour for Easter. So I'm conscious that lots of people love to have a bit of colour in their garden. It has been quite cold. So don't put out any of the summer bedding plants yet. So anything like marigolds or petunias, they're, they're in, available in garden centres at the moment, but don't be tempted to put them out into the flower borders. Fine to plant up your hanging baskets and containers and keep them in a greenhouse or tunnel or conservatory in a frost-free location. But we will have frost over the next couple of days. So be careful what you're planting out. But what you can plant for colour at the moment are things like the lovely summer flowering pansies. They're in flower. They've just started to flower at the moment. They're totally frost hardy. So a lick of frost will do them no harm whatsoever. If anything, it'll help them to flower longer. You've also got the lovely violas, which are coming into flower at the moment. Plants like Obrisha, Campanula, they're all available at the moment. So if you want that little blast of colour for your hanging baskets or window boxes or say out in, a, in the border, pop into your local garden centre. There's lots of really good colour there available at the moment. And those plants will flower right through to the end of the summer. Quite a bit of herbaceous plants available as well. So I'm thinking of plants like Virginia, which got beautiful pink flowers at the moment. Perennials come back year after year. So you plant them this year, they come into flower this year, but they flower every year after that. If you like a little bit of colour maybe for later on in the season, plants like lupins are available, for example, at the moment, or Bleeding Heart, the lovely Dicentra. So a lot of really good perennial plants and colour for Easter in particular, if you want to just add a bit of instant colour. It's also the time of year for planting up your hanging basket. So I'm going to be planting up my own over the next five to six days. Again, a couple of tips when you're doing up hanging baskets. Ideally, you want to keep them inside in a greenhouse tunnel, maybe a conservatory window, somewhere frost-free, but nice and bright. When you're planting them up, get a good quality compost. So Borden and Mona do a particularly one good one. It's an Irish compost, specifically for hanging baskets. So it's got the swell gel and fertiliser added. When you get your plants, your little trailing plants like fuchsias or trailing geraniums or trailing petunias, pinch them back. And that simply means removing a little bit of the stem. So with a scissors or with your finger and thumb, take out the centre point of each plant. And that'll encourage branching in the plant. The more branches you get, the more flowers you get. It's as simple as that. And pack in the plants because a bit of competition between the plants encourages more flowering. And once you do that, and I gave this tip last year and people loved it because it works really well, stick in a few of the little dwarf trailing nasturtium seed. So these are available in your garden centre at the moment. There's a variety called Tutti Frutti, which is a, a nice uh, dwarf variety of nasturtium. It's got multicoloured flowers. So you see it here in yellows, in reds, in oranges. You simply push the seed in. Once you've your hanging basket planted up, you simply push about five or six seed into the compost. They will germinate in the compost. They'll grow. Tutti Frutti has a particular variegated foliage. So the leaves are actually variegated, which means they're white and green. Oh, and yeah. then when they come into flower, it's a beautiful range of colour. Yellow and red. Then. Yellow and red, yeah. orange, uh, shades of red, shades of, of yellow, kind of cream colours as well. But you simply just sow the seed. Just literally push the seed. Great one for children to do. Mm. The flowers in nasturtium, interestingly, are edible. 
and uh, who was it? I think it was Neville Maguire. He did a program uh, last summer where he stuffed the flower with a stuffing, and he actually stuck stuffed the leaves with a stuffing as well, and both are edible. So the leaves and the flowers are lovely in salads, they're lovely in drinks, they're totally edible, but they're fantastic in a hanging basket or container. So you simply just push the seed in. The other variety I'd recommend is an Asturtium um, Little Gem, which is a nice dwarf variety. It's it's really good as well, and again, it's got a whole range of colours. So look, my advice really is get your start your hanging baskets, particularly if you're fortunate to have a, a greenhouse tunnel, conservatory, somewhere protect it. Yeah. If you don't have that, hold off for another couple of weeks but this is the time and, and you can plant these ones yeah right up till May, well this April and May you can yeah. and nasturtiums are great Viv in that um, many many people that are growing say organic vegetables so so the, the big dreaded um, pest of our brassicas our cabbage cauliflower Brussels sprouts turnips suede is the white butterfly he lays the or she lays the the caterpillar eggs onto the plants and they destroy them. So I always give the tip, if you sow some nasturtium seed in another section of your garden, away from the vegetable area, you'll attract the white butterfly to the nasturtium. It'll eat the nasturtium and leave your cabbages alone. So it's a nice little tip. But it's a really simple plant to grow. And they'll go on till September. They'll flower through till even yeah. October, Viv, and you can wow. so you can keep the seed from them. So there, it's a fantastic little plant and great in hanging baskets, containers, and and so on. Talk to me a little bit about grow your own. I know we've been talking about it over the last few weeks. Well, it's interesting. While I was having the cup of tea, I was reading uh, Dave McWilliams has a lovely piece in the Irish Times, and he's talking about the cost of fuel. That fuel has gone up seventy percent. And one of the interesting things that's going to happen this year is the cost of food. And we can see it already. The cost of food is going up. Why? Because all the ingredients for producing food, the cost of those are going up. So things like diesel is going up, labour is going up, all the treatments, the fertiliser has gone up in price and all the treatments that farmers use to harvest the vegetables are actually going to go up. So I think this autumn, you're going to see an increase in food prices. So my advice really is, April is the time to start growing some of your own. And it's dead easy to do. You don't need a big... Uh, farm or a big, big, very large garden. You can grow your five a day simply in pots and containers, window boxes, in a veggie pod if you want, or a raised bed, or in you know in in the veggie bags, that type of thing. If you want in your patio, you can also take a small area of your garden and plant it up with a lot of the edibles. So plants that are easy to grow are things. The salad crops, for example, are so easy to grow. They're very quick maturing. You'll buy them in your local garden centre as small baby plants now. There's generally 12 in a pack. They'll only cost you a couple of euro and they're ready to harvest within about a six or seven week period. Particularly any of the lettuce varieties like the oak leaf lettuce, baby leaf lettuce is absolutely lovely. There's a lovely one called Little Gem which produces really small heads and again if you're fortunate to have a tunnel or greenhouse, plant some of the tunnel and greenhouse and plant some outside as well. And lettuce will simply grow in a window box you know, with a few strawberry plants or a few herbs. And again, my advice is always with growing any of the salad crops or the leafy crops like spinach, kale, um, any of the any of the kind of speedy veg, any of the anything in the lettuce family, they all can be harvested in a cut and come uh, process. So all you do is plant the plants, allow them to grow, give them four to six weeks of growth and then start cutting them. Just cutting the foliage on kale and the plant regrows again. So you're not cutting it at the root and destroying the plant. You're literally just taking what you need. So the type of plants that are suitable for that are kale. You've got baby spinach, which is absolutely lovely. Swiss chard, one of my favourite plants. So Swiss chard is very... You're looking at me like, yeah. what, is Swiss, what so is Swiss chard? Swiss chard is such a simple plant to grow. It's actually a very beautiful plant. So it's got 
multicolored stems and you use the stems like you use celery. So it's got a, these lovely, attractive stems. So they're orange, they're red, they're, they're port wine color, they're white in color. If you never ate the plant, it's a very attractive plant to grow. So Swiss chard, it's in the beet family, same as beet root or any of the beet, the sugar beets, but very simple to grow. You can eat the leaves like you eat um, kale or spinach. They can be cooked, you can eat them raw, and the stems are multicolored. Again, children love to grow them because they're a very attractive plant. And Swiss chard is a plant, a bit like rhubarb. You plant it now and you can crop it right through until next year. So you can continue to crop it all winter long. Um, so it's got those lovely red stems like rhubarb. So Swiss chard is one that you can cut and come. All the lettuce varieties, Little Gem, you've got a lovely one called Oak Leaf. It's called Oak Leaf because they're like oak leaf shaped, but they're, they're red in colour. Butterhead is one of my favourite varieties of, of lettuce. It's really soft. Rocket leaves, which are very popular at the moment with people. They're buying them in the Tesco's and, and shop, but you can grow them yourself and they're so easy to grow. And all of those plants are grown in that cut and come. So you plant the plants or sow the seed or do a bit of both. And as soon as they germinate, when they're in about four or five weeks, they're ready to cut and you just keep on cutting them and they keep on coming back. Very much similar to the way you grow garden herbs. So if you've got rosemary or, or parsley, you, you cut it on a regular basis and that encourages the plant to regrow all the time, particularly if you're giving it a couple of liquid feeds. Speaking about herbs, we're coming up to Easter. Everybody loves a little bit of lamb or beef for their, their Easter dinner. So this is the time of year to plant herbs in your garden. So sage, rosemary, thyme, all the popular herbs, marjoram, oregano, they're all available at the moment. They're all they're all frost hardy. You can plant them directly out of doors. Many of them make beautiful shrubs. Rosemary is a beautiful shrub in its own right if you never cut it as a herb, but you can cut it. Bay leaf, for example. So all the herbs that you're buying on a regular basis, grow them in your garden because they're perennial. They come back year after year. They form a shrub and many of them are very beneficial for pollinating plants as well. So for the bees and butterflies, you'll see them humming around the rosemary or, or the lavender when it's in flower. But many of them, and my advice is always, grow the herbs that you're going to use on, on a regular basis. There's no point growing something exotic that you're never going to use. So pick the ones like the chives, like the parsley. There's different types of parsley, of course. Basil, basil. Well, basil is one that needs to be well, kept insect, indoors. Right. But sow that, that from yeah. seed, you're dead right. It's a really simple plant to sow from seed. Here's a tip for you and it only reminded me the last day the price of coffee is going up yes. they're putting 20 cent I think on, on the oh just the cup the yeah. cup yeah. right that cup that coffee cup is makes is the, the best device for sowing for growing seeds in why because you fill it with compost with organic based compost have the compost moist but not too wet nothing will leak out of the coffee cup so you can sit it on your windowsill you sow the seeds of basil in the top of the the, the uh, container in the compost Put the lid, the white lid, or a translucent lid on top, and you've got yourself an instant propagator. It keeps it nice and tidy. There's no arguments in the house about compost or or soil getting out. And you don't have to water the container again until such time as the seeds germinate because the translucent lid is letting light in, but it's keeping the moisture in. And in 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 the size of a coffee cup, which is only a couple of inches wide, you'll sow 50 seed. So it can be cabbage seed, lettuce seed, basil seed, whatever seed you want. It can be flower seed, whatever you want. I use the coffee cups myself on. So if you were in my house, there's about five or six coffee cups sitting on the windowsill and the the seeds germinate within a very, very short time. Of course, as soon as they germinate, you just take the lid off, you grow them on and then you can plant them, you can transplant them out. Exactly. Exactly like that coffee cup, Faith. Um, 
they're perfect because they and keep the moisture. it's recyclable. It's recyclable and all that. And, can, yeah. and it's reusable as well. But it's a great, makes it an ideal. People think they need a lot of space to sow seeds indoors. A coffee cup you'll fit 50 seed and basil would be a brilliant one to sow a handful of seed or a small pinch of seed, let them germinate. Yeah. You could even let them grow on in the composter and harvest the par- the basil on a, on a regular basis, leave the coffee cup sitting on the windowsill. So it's that simple and it's great for kids to do as well. So look, at this is the time of year. If people are interested in putting in seed potatoes, you need to get your seed now because they'll be gone. They'll be gone, at, you know, w- within another day or two. And the soil conditions are ideal. Even with a bit of frost at night time, there's no danger if you put potatoes in now. If you plant them now, put them down 12 to 15 inches into the soil. The soil is work as an insulator against the frost and perfectly fine. For listeners that might have started their seed potatoes early, say in a tunnel or greenhouse, do keep an eye on those. If, and particularly if they come through the soil, keep an eye for some late frost. Keep a little bit of garden fleece on those because they were planted very early. And even within a tunnel, you, you can get some frost as well. Tomatoes, again, this is the time of year to grow tomatoes, they are so easy to grow. You can grow a tomato on your windowsill if you pick the right, right variety. So varieties like Totem only literally grow 18 inches in height. They're very slender and they produce lovely tomatoes. So you can literally have your have your tomato sitting on a bright sunny windowsill or a conservatory or patio door inside and allow it to flower, allow it to fruit and you'll be picking the fruit in by June, early July. Totem is a really nice variety. Red Profusion is a great one for patios for growing out of doors. So all the tomato varieties are available in your local garden centre. My advice is to pot them up, keep them on your windowsill or in a frost-free location for a couple of weeks, certainly until about the end of May, and then you can put them out of doors, particularly varieties like the Red Profusion. There's a lovely variety called Sun Gold, which is that lovely bright yellow variety, which is really nice as well. And if you want a sweet one for the kids, grow the sweet aperitif, which is a lovely I think I mentioned it before a couple of weeks back. It's a lovely variety. It, it, it produces the, the tomatoes like grapes, but they're full of natural sugars and they're absolutely delicious. So a great time to start your tomato plants. Don't be tempted to put them outside just yet. Keep them in, but get them going. Get them growing and, and start them off. Keep an eye on the slugs as well. Again, with the wet weather next week, we're going to see slug activity. Use the organic treatment. So you can use the garlic wonder if you've got hostas beginning to grow above the ground or particularly plants that slugs particularly like, like lupins, a little bit of the garlic wonder, or any of the organic-based uh, slug controls are very good as well. They look like the traditional pellet, but they're very safe for children and pets, and they're totally organic and really simple. And my, my advice always with slugs is little and often. That's the way you treat them. So don't be putting down handfuls of, of pellets. A small amount, the, the slug will always come to the pellet before the plant. So a little and often on a regular basis is the way to to keep them treated. So they're the type of things Viv, I would be doing. The feeding of plants, feeding of the lawns, get rid of the moss, so reseed areas if you have to. For shrubs that are showing damage, a light trimming back and then give them a good feed. About half a handful or if it's a larger shrub, a handful of fertiliser around the base. Keep it out from the centre of the plant. The rain will wash it in. Remember, a bit of colour for Easter. So there's lots of colour available at the moment for planting up. But make sure you plant out hardy plants. That's important. It is the time to grow your own. And all the vegetable plants are available. The carrots, the, 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 all the, the lettuces, Brussels sprouts, calabrese, they're all ready as plants. They're six inches tall. They're ready to go out into the soil. And when you plant them, sow some seed as well so you have some other crops coming on. So again, the planting of all your five a day, it should be little and often. Small yeah, amounts of How often, say, if I have a lettuce, so I plant it week one, I plant it. 
When do I go to the next the next plant? So if you plant a, a like lettuce, staggering it. So if you pop into your local garden centre, you get a little tray of lettuce, like little gem. There'll be twelve in a in a pack. Plant those six inches apart. Within four to six weeks, they'll be even though they're still relatively small, they're ready to trim. So if you're ready for a salad or we want a sandwich, out with your your salad bowl and just trim with your scissors. Take off what you need and allow the plants to regrow again. Those plants will give you enough lettuce right through till midsummer and it's a good idea to replant those plants at that stage. But I often recommend when you're sowing the plants of vegetables to sow some seed because the plants are at least four weeks. We've sown them four weeks ago. Yes, yes. So yes, if yes. you sow some seed as well, you've got continual yeah. cropping. And and, and gen- do that every four weeks. Yeah, and, and generally speaking, most people put down too much. They get yeah. too, they buy too much at the one time and they end up with, with, with a glush yeah. uh, rather than... St- Keep it staggered as much as possible. And all the plants I mentioned with the cut and come, like the kale, the spinach, the many varieties of lettuce, the speedy veg, you, you, once you have them, you can just keep cropping them. You don't yeah. need to keep sowing. Um, strawberries as well. This is the time to plant strawberries if you want to be picking a fresh strawberry for Wilmington <laughs> this year. Uh, this is the time of year to, to plant them up. And again, such an easy plant to it's grow. 26 so, past. We are, we're well past the outbreak. Sorry. So, no, you're okay. I'm rambling Before on. Before you go, no, you're yeah. not rambling on. You're fine. What's that? Spider. Have a look Spiders. At that. Yeah, yeah. So what, what I was got the this question? one in. Uh, my, uh, could you ask Porig, how do I get rid of this spider? Don't want to hurt it. Good. But don't want it to get into the house. It's in the porch. And I think oh. this listener is actually afraid of it. But I'm just trying to resume Well, look, it. the one thing about spiders is the spiders, are, like the wasp, is the gardener's friend because they're carnivores. They eat, what do they eat? They eat all the bugs. They eat all the flies. Mm. They're eating insects. So they're, so they are, you know, yeah, I, some people get freaked out with them. And you can get a little spider trap, a little unit that you can actually, which picks the spider. It's like the, the, the unit for picking up litter. Yeah. You know, the little uh, yeah. unit. So it's very similar to that. And it's got a soft fibres that actually just clasp the spider safely. And, and you can put it out of doors. They are, should be available in a hardware store yeah. or many garden centres will have them as well. So that's the best way to treat them. Yeah, Don't put down any chemicals. They're good for what? The, they're good they're for doing good the, yeah. for all the flies, the but, bugs. They take yeah. care of their carnivores. Like like our friend the wasp in the summertime. He eats all the green fly and the white fly. Yeah. It can be a nuisance, yes, in September, but it's doing so much good on your lupins and on your other plants, a bit like the ladybird. Okay, listen, we better take a break. Thanks for the moment, P. We'll be back the other side of this break. Well, you are very welcome back. Here's one for you now, P. Uh, Do you stock seaweed? I believe it's good for growing veg. Also, is your restaurant open for Sunday lunch? Yeah, the the bay leaf is open uh, seven days a week, Sunday 12 to 6 uh, normally, uh, yeah, so 12 to 6 tomorrow they're open. Um, in, re- in relation to, to uh, fertiliser for vegetables, the best one really is Vitex Q4 because it's got everything in it. Seaweed is good on its own, yeah. uh, but but you're better with a fertiliser that has micronutrients, which are things like boron and copper, zinc. They're all available in, in the one fertiliser called Vitex Q4. That's the one I'd use for all vegetables, to be honest. Okay, we have a load of questions in about the browning of the leaves. Yep. Can you just mention that... Feed again, please. So a light trimming back and then feed them with the Osmo Pro 6, a handful of that around the base of them. And Osmo repeat, Pro 6. six and uh, repeat that then in about four weeks' time. Okay. Can I take cuttings of Portage's laurel? If so, when? 
Portuguese laurel. So the best time to take cuttings would be late August, September. Take about four to five inch cuttings at that time of year. Put them in rooting powder and put them in a mixture of perlite and compost and they'll root quite easily. Is it late to use winter tree wash? Well, so winter tree wash, I was recommending this for people pruning back apple trees and roses in particular. Now, if you're in the pruning process, so if you're actually pruning them back, you can still use the winter wash. However, if you've pruned your roses, say, three or four weeks ago and there's a flush of new growth on them, then it's too late. So as long as the stems are bare, so if you haven't pruned your roses and you're doing them this weekend, prune them, then put the winter wash off and that gets rid of the bugs. But if there's a flush of new growth, leave them alone, just give them a good rose feed. Okay, here's one for you. It's an interesting one. I have a wall in front of my house. Okay. It's three blocks high. Okay, all so right. that's what? About um, three blocks high. Three foot. So three foot. Yeah, yeah, all right, okay. What is best to cover it from the top down as there is tarmac at the base of it? So you want probably something hanging. Oh, something trailing. Yeah, well, there are some lovely plants, actually. If the soil at the top of the blocks and you can allow, plant the plants at the top to, to cascade down, you could use plants like Aubretia, which is beautiful at the moment. It's an alpine plant. It'll trail at least two, two and a half feet down the face of the block of the wall. Plant them in clusters. Arabus would be lovely as well. They're purple and white. You've got Campanula, which is in flower at the moment and will flower through the summer with beautiful blue flowers, which are really nice as well, and they will trail down. So look, pop into your local garden centre. There'll be lots of perennial plants that have that trailing habit. Vinca would be another lovely plant. We call it the periwinkle. It's got variegated foliage, lovely blue flowers right through the summer as well. And again, the the, the stems are cascading. So there's no height to the plant. It literally just falls and tumbles so what down. what would you put the on the top of the wall? What would you put? Well, soil, well, I'm, I'm, from the question, I'm assuming that there, it, there's obviously soil there maybe where the, inside the block or if you need to, you can fill the block itself with soil uh, and yes. plant it yeah. and let them come down. Okay, what fertiliser could I put on apple trees? Apples generally benefit from high potassium feed. So actually a rose feed would be ideal. So when you're feeding your roses, feed your apples as well. And again, like other plants, you put the fertilizer on now and you reapply then in four to six weeks time. Would you ask Porik, what names, uh, give us some names of flowery spuds. Flowery potato. Flowery spuds. Right, well, um, you might be limited now in, in, in your local garden centre what's available, but to my mind, one of the best are records. I think records is a beautiful potato. It's got lovely yellow flesh. It's really flowery. It's really nice. British Queens is a good uh, second early variety. So if you plant British Queens today, you'll be harvesting them about the middle of July. They're two really good varieties. Common ones then would be Curse Pink is also a lovely one. Or Golden Wonders for me is probably the floweriest of all. It's a really dry. I mean, you need the, the slap of butter and, and salt oh, on the Golden Wonder. Um, so great Golden for Wonders. Great for chips. Absolutely. Golden Wonders records, um, uh, British Queens in particular, are, are really good varieties. Okay, then let's move on to some other ones. Uh, I plan to sow a new lawn this summer. The area is covered in wild grass and loads of weeds, including docks and nettles. Okay. What can I apply to kill the weeds before I well, start sowing? Weather conditions are perfect at the moment. So if you use something like weed-free on a dry day like today, it'll take about seven days to control any green growth that's there at the moment. So if there's any weeds there, it'll completely kill them off. It won't contaminate the soil, which means you can dig the soil within seven days and you can sow a new lawn. So it'll get rid of the likes of docks, any perennial weeds and grass weeds as well. So a simple mixture of weed-free, mixture of water applied over the area on a dry day, leave it for seven days, maybe seven to ten days at this time of year. And once you see the weeds dying back, you can till that soil. And like I said at the start of the programme, it's excellent weather for putting down lawn seed. 
Okay. Do a, a little tip when, when you're putting in a new lawn, put in a preceding fertilizer. So once you're ready to put the seed in, or just the day before, get yourself a small bit of preceding fertilizer, granulated fertilizer. You put that on and then rake it in and then put the seed on. So when the seed is germinating, that fertilizer is available to the new grass as it's beginning to grow and it'll come on lovely and lush. Good tip. A uh, listener has a veggie pod for the last two years, which has been excellent for growing all my herbs and salads. Now, they're just wondering, do I need to change the compost as I'm using the same compost? Yeah, well, after two years, definitely you'd need to replace. So generally the veggie pod has a foot of growing depth in it. So it's ideal for carrots or parsnips and so on. But after two years, the nutrition will be used up in it. So my advice is really take off generally about four to six inches of the top layer of compost. There's no need to change the entire bed. So just take off the top layer, put back on, uh, again, Borden want to do a very good organic vegetable compost so that would be ideal or a good just a good quality compost again you could mix a little bit of the vitex q4 into the mix and that's perfectly good so literally take off four to six inches you can put that in your compost heap or put it around your shrubs and then replenish that with a, a good quality compost with and what the vitex about perlite? would you put perlite back in well there's no need to the perlite goes in when you're actually filling the veggie pod uh, initially so that's perfectly fine that'll stay stable there's no need to change that it's really just that top layer of compost and for listeners that have raised beds in general they need to replace that top layer at least four to six inches uh, because the nutrition is gone at this stage how do I stop turnips and swedes from going hollow in the centre? What variety of swede do you suggest? Two questions there. So how do I stop turnips and swedes from going hollow oh, in the middle? Right. Okay. And um, and what variety of swede? Purple top. Purple top is a really good variety of, of swede. You know, the, 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 we call them swedes and uh, turnips and swedes are kind of mixed up together. They're in the same family. Uh, but, but purple top is probably one of the best ones. There's another lovely variety called Milan, which is a, a really good um, purple or a, you know a, a, a suede as well which is really nice um, in terms of the fertiliser again what you're seeing there where it's hollow is boron deficiency so you, again using a good quality fertiliser like the, the Vitex Q4 will, will eradicate that problem to put that on when you're putting on the seed I always plant up my hanging baskets over Easter for summer colour is it okay to start now? And what are your top trailing plants? So yeah, well, we've I think we've covered, covered that, that earlier, right? Yeah, Sorry, but, but know, we have the top trailing plants. Sort of plants to look for. Trailing petunias are great. Trailing geraniums. Yeah. Um, trailing lobelia is, is fantastic. Verbenas are good. Diaceas. Again, look, the plants are available at the moment. Pop into your local garden centre. Really, the tip is give them a light trimming back before putting them into the basket. That's just going to multiply the number of stems and multiply the amount of colour that you get. Nice to have something maybe slightly taller in the centre. So a fuchsia would be lovely in the centre or begonias, double flowering begonias are great. They flower for so long. And like I said, stick in the cup, the six or seven tutti frutti or little gem nasturtium seed once yeah. you've it planted and they'll be lovely Did later on. Did you mention on. the feed earlier, by the way? I'd forgotten. Uh, well, if, when you're good quality compost, so a good hanging basket compost, yeah. you can put a slow-release fertiliser mixed right. in and generally once to start to flower about the middle of May, that's the time to put on the liquid feed, something like Blooming Magic. Okay, this listener used zero last weekend on their lawn, right? Good. Is it okay to add fertiliser now yeah. as it is very green after zero? What is good a good lawn food? I think well, well zero, yeah. zero will kill the moss and, and it does encourage the grass to produce a lovely rich green colour and, and that's really the just the effects of the zero. That zero isn't a full feed so always after using zero apply a lawn fertiliser, a good quality lawn fertiliser. Yeah. Well there's a good, you know zero actually do one as well lawn feed which is really good um, Osmo again you could use as well, Osmo do a, a very good lawn fertiliser as well what you're looking for is a lawn 
feed anyway because it's it they release the nutrition very very slowly you get that nice greening effect without it, it jumping in, in terms of growth but this is the weekend to get it on Viv can I take cuttings now of fuchsia and lavateria? Any tips? Um, yeah, a good time to... Well, the it, it depends in terms of you want... Fuchsias are just beginning to come into bud at the moment, so uh, maybe give them another couple of weeks, but you can certainly take cuttings early in the summer period. So May would probably be a better month to do that. They're still quite dormant at the moment. Lavateria, yeah, you could take cuttings from those at this time of year as well. Now, there's another one in about potatoes, but we did mention about potatoes yeah. and putting them on the patio and all that. So they are available... It's still just about. Available. Yeah, and look, people need to plant them. If you have them st- sitting in your garage that you bought a couple of weeks ago, try to get them into the ground or into pots or containers or yeah. into the veggie bags this weekend if you can. Okay, and just the question there is, uh, what, what and any idea of a good container and compost? Well, again, uh, again, you can use a vegetable compost, one of the organic compost. Um, Go Greener is another really good quality compost. Again, potatoes are hungry, so put down some fertiliser with them. Again, the the Vitex Q4 would be ideal. And when you're planting potatoes in, in a container, try to plant them in a double layer. So a layer of compost, a layer of tubers, three to four tubers, another layer of compost, another layer of tubers, and then top it off with a final layer of compost. So if you've got two layer of tubers in the one container, give it a good watering and let nature take its course let the plants start to grow and um, you should they should be peeping above the compost within about four to six weeks okay we're going to take another break and uh, we're back with the final part of our program this morning keep the questions coming in to us lots and lots to do before we finish up Uh, but let's do this now And you are very welcome back. We've got lots and lots of questions which should see us nicely up to the end of the programme. Uh, my tomatoes got frost in the tunnel. Oh, they look ouch. like uh, they got look like blight. Yeah. Yeah, well that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's too early for blight at this time of year. Now Mary's gutted, she says. Oh. Does she have to get new plants? <laughs> she does, unfortunately, Mary. Uh they'll only cost you a couple of euro. Uh but that is one thing with tunnels. Like I said, if you've got you know, anything in the tunnel does need to be covered with the with the um, fl- frost protection. I try to keep the tomatoes. I keep them in on the windowsill for another couple of weeks yet on, and, and then put them out later on. Uh, but yeah, frost will... And, and like I said with potatoes as well, for listeners that may have planted potatoes early, and if, they're, if the foliage is above the soil in the tunnel, then you do need to cover them when we get frost, particularly frost like last night. Now, Marie's been on. I have this plant and it seems always around this time of year to get dead leaves. I water less in winter and will start Good. increasing watering from now. Am I doing the right thing, she says? Marie's uh, doing What's the, what's exactly. the name? So what that's is? an anthurium, the painter's palette. Yeah. It produces beautiful flowers. They come in different shades. It looks Lovely, like a it? red yeah. variety um, there. But this time of year, you know, indoor plants through the winter because of the low light levels and because we have natural life, naturally enough tend to go back a little bit and the browning of leaves is totally natural on anthuriums. It looks to me like a plant that needs to be repotted and this would be a great time of year for repotting indoor plants in general. So just get yourself a good quality uh, indoor compost, Marie. Um, take off some of the old compost that's there, put in the fresh compost and as, as you, you're, you're doing, as you suggested, increase the watering. Now, not too much just yet, but certainly as we go into May and June, start to increase the watering and give it a liquid feed as well and it'll perk up again. It'll be perfectly fine. It's actually quite an easy plant to grow. Okay, it looks like a lovely plant. There's two of them there actually and uh, I think that the, the, probably the, stor- the story is the same for the two of them, I'd say, is it? Yeah. Now, I managed to get, a, will you pronounce that please, a tropa, what? Go on, have a go. I'm not going to even, a tropa lum. Tropolinium speciosum. Speciosum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Clymer and Wexford, given that it is relatively difficult to grow successfully, 
Where is it best planted and what care does it need? And that comes, oh, it doesn't come, like they got it in Wexford, yeah. yeah so so tro- in Wexford. Tropolinium yeah. speciosum is actually in the nasturtium family. It's the perennial uh, nasturtium. At this time of year, it's it dies back to nothing. So it looks withered and, and kind of, you know, noth- it's like as if the plant is dead at this time of year. But boy, does it grow. Uh, so as we go into late April, early May, that plant will grow six to 12 feet in growth. And when it comes into flower, it's absolutely beautiful. That is the plant that um, I propagated very successfully last year. And we put it, we sold it as a charity plant here oh, on the, the show. Oh, the in between the bushes. Yeah, it yeah, grows yeah, up yeah, through yeah. my hedge. And so once it gets going, it actually is a plant that grows so easy. But the trick is to get it going in the first place. So my advice is it is a climbing plant. I have it grown on a copper beech hedge and it grows extremely successful on it. So it needs a support of some other plant. So if you've got a hedge in the garden or a big old conifer or some plant that, that you want uh, a climber to, to scramble through, then plant it at the base of it. Put down a good quality compost at this time of year um, and some canes just to support the initial growth. And after that, you just let it go. Do keep an eye with the slugs because the slugs relish the nasturtiums and the tropolinium. So, uh, but apart from that, once you have it, we call it the Scottish flame creeper, even though it comes to us from Chile. It's actually a Chilean plant, uh, but a beautiful plant when it's in flower. I mean, it's it's absolutely lovely. Well worth persevering with and kind of a rare plant to get. So the listener is very lucky to have got the plant in the first instance. What would you recommend for heavy growth of moss on a slate roof? And look, it's, it's a feature this year, Viv, particularly with the mild winter. Uh, and um, so we're seeing lots of moss in hard surface areas. The best product really I find is is um, Pro-Pack. So Pro-Pack is a... Is a very effective at controlling moss and lichen on um, tarmac, slates, tiles, walls, any hard surface area that you have moss grown. And again, a day like today would be an ideal day to get the Pro Pack. Now, Pro Pack should only be used on hard surface areas for the control of moss. So don't put it on your lawn or, or fine on your patio, tarmac, adam, slates, tiles, walls, that type of thing on gravel. Red Robin hedge when yes. to prune? Now, now is a great time. So Red Robin is coming into leaf into new growth at the moment. Uh, I know you, after trimming it, you you, you know, you're going to be trimming away a little bit of that new growth, but that's the right thing to do. So trim it now, give it a good feed to the Osmo Pro 6 as well, and you'll stimulate lots of new growth. So here's a great example, like of a plant. The more you trim it, the more colour you get from it. And if you don't trim Fotinia Red Robin, it tends to get leggy and, and um, loose and you kind of see through it. The more it's pruned, and I'd actually prune that twice in the year. Prune it now and prune it again about the end of June and you get a second flush of red growth on it and feed it at that time is here as well. Uh, I wonder, could you recommend a few nice low-growing shrubs for a rockery? Okay. I need to replace about 10 which have become too large. Uh, thanks, uh, Porrick. Right, well look, at there's lots of good rockery plants, alpine plants available in garden centres at the moment. You know, plants like the Obrisha and the Arabis I mentioned, yellow um, alisum is lovely, uh, Campanula is a lovely plant, many of the Dianthus. Now they tend to stay below six inches and they tend to spread across the ground. They give that carpeting effect, which is really nice. If you want something slightly taller, I was looking at a lovely shrub in the garden centre this morning, one called Hebe Pagii. I mean, Hebe Pagii hugs the ground. It's got silver foliage that it holds 12 months of the year. It's got beautiful white flowers. A really nice plant if you wanted to trail down. Again, for the listener with the blocks. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. So Hebe Pagii would be a lovely plant for that instance as well. Totally evergreen. It'll grow about a metre in diameter in time and gives fantastic ground covering effect. So, look, my advice is pop into your local garden centre. There's really good 
Uh, maybe take a couple of pictures of the rock ray. Bring it in on your phone. That's a great way to show us just the size of the area and, and the aspect of the area and pop in. Generally, if the, the rockery is larger, you're better to plant plants in groups of threes, space them apart, and they form one kind of Carpus, clump yeah. of, yeah, colour. Uh, morning to you both. Uh, what should I do with my raspberries? They didn't produce much fruit last year. Uh, thank you, Bernie. Now, I well, don't Bernie, have a clue. Now, look, have, there's the... There's well, the they look really, really healthy. So they're growing, obviously, there's, I think the sleepers here, it's like a little raised bed that Bernie has them in. They've totally filled the bed. Um, now, there are two types of raspberries. So you've got summer fruiting raspberries, which are um, varieties like Malinjul uh, that you harvest in the middle of the summer. So the fruit is ready to ripen in July. And what you do is once you pick the fruit off the cane, you prune the cane out. So you follow the cane, that stick, right down to ground level and you cut that particular cane out. So the fruiting canes are pruned out in the middle of the summer with fruiting varieties. You've also got autumn flowering or autumn fruiting raspberries like Autumn Bliss and they're generally ready for harvesting around September. If it's an autumn fruiting variety, again, you harvest all the fruit off them and you cut all the canes to ground level. So it depends which variety that Bernie has um, in terms of pruning them back. So if it's autumn fruiting, I would cut those back. back, feed them, and they'll come back and fruit this autumn. If they're, they're summer fruiting varieties, then I'd leave them alone for this year, let them fruit, and then whatever canes produce their fruit, remove those in the middle of the summer. Aha. Uh-huh. And there's a few little weeds and stuff. I just need to be tidy, Doc. Don't okay, be critical. Don't be critical. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying, <laughs> would, that, would that affect... Ah, no, it won't. No. What that, about the actual soil? Is the soil good? The or soil looks good. good. I mean, the plants are... The plants are... They're at least a metre high or maybe yeah. four feet. I mean, the plants look really, really strong and healthy to me. I'm surprised that they haven't fruited. And maybe Bernie, depending on which variety it is, the pruning might be done at the wrong time of year. So it really depends on which variety it is. So if Bernie can let us know, I'll give you a more specific time to prune them but a good feeding now and a yeah. good feeding on all fruiting plants is, is highly advisable is it too early to plant uh, to plant flower seeds outdoors not at all no there's certain seeds so again in your local garden center you'll see on the back of the packet you'll see the word hardy annual so plants like english marigolds like calendulas or uh, cornflower which is lovely or candy tuft they're all what we call hardy annuals you can literally sow the seed directly into the into the soil irrespective of frost or snow or, or rain or whatever and the seeds will germinate and grow on wildflowers for example if you're buying those they can be sown directly into the garden soil and they're perfectly hardy so if they're hardy annuals they can be planted directly into the garden soil. Many of our summer bulbs as well, Viv, plants like Crocrosmia agapanthus, they're available in garden centre at the moment. They can be planted, lilies, for example, they can be planted as bulbs directly into the garden soil, perfectly safe. If it's the softer annual plants like marigolds, salvias, begonias, don't put those out yet until, sow them from seed indoors in the coffee cup, as we mentioned, start them off there and then plant them out once the risk of frost has passed. So it really depends which one? So hardy annuals safe to go out, wildflowers safe to go out, all the summer bulbs safe to go out, but uh, any of the softer plants keep, keep them, them for the on moment. the windowsill for another couple of weeks. Now boundary hedges. Yes. Uh, can you recommend a hardy evergreen hedge that's easily managed? Lee in Ballina. So Ballina, you know, quite windy, could be exposed to the sea as well in parts of Ballina. If you, you know, the hardiest hedge of all for seaside and windy conditions 
is a hedge that you know well. Go on, Eliagnus Eliagnus It's got silver foliage, really tough, evergreen, easy to trim. I think it's a beautiful hedge. It's 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 you know you can let it grow from kind of four feet right up to eight feet if you wish, and you can keep it to whatever height you want. That's particularly good. Grislinia is quite good as well in in windy areas, quite open areas. But for me, the Eliagnus really is one of the the really hardy hedges. It tolerates heavy frost, it tolerates heavy salt, windy conditions. It's just a good hedge. Okay, here we go. Uh, can you see this picture? I'll just uh, what? Is I, this, Listeners, is this quack grass? How do I treat it in the lawn? I've used her, uh, f- 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 lawn feed uh, putting a weed all weed killer for lawns out tomorrow. Yeah, uh, no. Have a, have a look at that. Yeah, so that that's wild meadow grass which is a coarser grass growing in your lawn. So you'll, you'll it looks rougher, it's more vigorous um, and it tends to be seeded in from the meadows around you, from the road, road edges and so on. And many lawns will have that. So this is broader grass. The trouble is, well, the, the typical lawn weed killers are designed to control broadleaf weeds like daisies, dandelions, and not damage your grass. So because it's a grass, the wild meadow grass isn't affected by weed, weed killer control. Um, so my advice really is to just keep the lawn really well trimmed Cut it in different directions as well and you'll suppress the wild uh, meadow grass simply by the mowing, by regular mowing and keeping it under stress, you'll get rid of it. Um, the only other way is, is, to, is to literally dig it out, to take that piece out and dig it out. Um, so traditional weed killers are, are not to be used. My advice too with lawn weed killers, if, if people can, the dandelions are going to be coming into flower shortly, the daisies are coming into flower. If we could stay off using the, the lawn weed killers um, at this time of year because the bees are visiting all the flowers in your lawn at the moment. So if maybe persevere with them at the moment and if you need to treat them, do that in the back end of the, of the year uh, or not at all. Can Porrick advise me how to sow garlic? I yeah. have a packet of three bulbs. Should Great. I break them up and sow also Brilliant a bottle question. pack packet of winter bulbs? Oh, so garlic, such an easy vegetable to grow. Yeah. You grow it from, like onions, typically like onions. It needs a long growing season um, and it needs uh, quite a bit of nutrition. So again, till up the soil, put in the Vitex Q4 fertilizer, get your garlic bulb that you bought in your garden centre, break it up into small little cloves as you would for cooking and you simply push them into the soil. Have the nib of the garlic just peeping over the top of the soil and space them about eight inches apart in a nice row. Um, and let them grow. They're totally frost hardy, so you can plant them out of doors today without any problem whatsoever. And they'll generally be ready for harvesting about late September, early October, and they store particularly well. And you can get garlic, believe it or not, in different strengths. So if you really like a, yeah. a strong garlic, there's one called Marco. Uh, if you like a lighter garlic, there's loads of different varieties available and some purple garlic, garlic and so on. You won't beat homegrown garlic. Now you're nearly there. Your last question that I have only time for. Uh, Have my lawn treated for moss and fed the lawn too. They're wondering should they mulch the next cut? Mulch or just let it flow? Well I I prefer to see the lawn. The thing about mulching is mulching is fine if you're cutting your lawn maybe every five days. If you're you're really keen on your lawn and you're cutting it on a really regular basis. The trouble with mulch is that it tends to build up a lot of thatch in your lawn. Um, if it's something like the robotic mowers that are going out trimming every day, that's perfectly fine because you're cutting a small piece of grass and that's decomposing. But for mulchers to really work well, you need to be cutting the lawn every five days at this time of year to, you know, because otherwise the grass gets too long. The mulch mulcher doesn't really make as good a job. Um, I tend to take the grass off my lawns when I'm 
trimming them. Okay, you've got... And compost it. 35 seconds. Oh, go on. Just tell me what... Does well, look, at the key that? things, make, yeah. make use of the good day is really my advice. Get get the feeds on, on your lawn, feed your roses, feed your shrubs in general. Remember to grow your own. Start now in April. Start planting every couple of weeks, every four to six weeks, and you'll get lovely uh, homegrown vegetables this summer. Again, colour for Easter. If you want to blast a colour for the Easter, get in and start planting the, the summer pansies, the violas. All those lovely plants are in flower at the moment, and they're totally hardy. Again, a great time of year to, to grow any of your salad crops, tomatoes, this is time to plant them, but keep them on the windowsill. And sow seed in the coffee cup if you did nothing else. Sow a few seeds and again, hanging baskets. And this enjoy, your, enjoy your trip to Kilchima. You're going oh, I mean, I'm down to Kilchima. I should have mentioned the guys um, were going weeding. So I'm doing a bit of weeding with the Kilchima community. Okay, well, enjoy that. If you're around Kilchima, say hi to Porik and he'll say hi back to you. Thank you very much indeed. We're back next um, uh, Saturday at 9. <laughs>